Welcome to Barbecue Chicken, y'all. This is KMFN. I'm live here with Rob CQ. How you doing, Rob? Hey, hey. I am all to the good. I'm ready to get this show underway. Right on. We're here with episode number, uh, what is this now? 3.4, 4.3, 3.2, something like that? Yeah, it's one of the early episodes. Um, thank you guys for being with us as we right. as we get this together. Right, you know, we're here we're to working do the, on we're, working on the king. We're here to do we're here to do the threes over again. Is basically what I'm trying to say to y'all. So, what I want to start this show off with, though, before we get into the threes, is we just want to touch again on the fact that we are uh, a multi level show here and we're looking for a little bit of substance to add to the basketball here and so last time we touched on a little bit of this online dating and a little bit about the landscape of where things are today and kind of how we both felt about all that so uh what i wanted to bring up to you here rob is is i wanted to share a little bit of a story that couple of little stories right and it shares a little bit about me and i'm sure they'll get a little bit of feel of who who you are with this as well but when it comes to this online dating thing since that's kind of the new norm i'm sure right. you can vouch for me my whole mm-hmm. goal here is to just kind of break the internet would you agree break the internet in terms of what do you mean like so wanna... online dating has gotten to a point obviously online internet right and so what i'm here to do is to make sure that we level the playing field in terms of uh where the power resides because i feel like since we've gone to online dating we use these swipe apps we use match.com we use plenty of fish we use all these different resources it's kind of shifted the power away from us as men where we thrive in this live one-on-one environment where we use our charm we read the body language uh we wink we smile we do the ll we lick our lips whatever right like they they know they they're they're they know right and so the online yeah. platform is beneficial and it's favored by the other side, the other half. The females love it because it takes away the, that advantage that we've had for decades and centuries and eons and eons, right? <clears throat> so when yes. I say break, when I say break the internet, what I mean is that constantly on a day by day basis, I'm getting these Instagram and Facebook and and every single social media is using their algorithms to suggest this friend or that friend and they yeah. always happen they always happen to be the opposite sex so yeah. one of my favorite activities listeners so that you know is to try to you know test test the internet test theories test fate right test life and so i will reach out to these random people that facebook algorithms me into wanting to know and right. 85% of the time what i get back is some sort of robotic fishing like response some sort of cash app ask for money some sort of sugar daddy grab so you know and i've been around we've been around since the beginning of all this stuff since before the internet was really there we talked about that right like how how we used to do things so it's very easy for me to spot this stuff so uh breaking the internet and trying to get these girls to meet me in real life trying to even just get these girls or these uh, catfishes on the other side to have a normal yeah. conversation or admit to what, you know, like I'm just constantly 
constantly trying to break the internet, bro. I'm trying to constantly <laughs> prove theories wrong, right? And so, yeah. uh, would would you agree that that's something that I I frequently enjoy? I mean, you've seen well, what I do. Definitely, you're uh, you're a you're very what's the word I'm looking for? You're a conqueror. You like to conquer. You're a man who's not afraid of any conquest. And you're hard-headed and stubborn. So when it's and when it can't be done, you're the one that says, "Oh yes, it can." And uh, for I think that's one of your qualities that you're you're crazy, and <laughs> you, you go against common sense sometimes. It works out for you, and uh, you make the impossible possible. But I will say, as far as the internet, it's a lot of games that are being played on the in the dating sphere. Now let's talk about power. Women have the power of choice because since the day they turn uh, 13 or whenever puberty hits, there's always some perv or, or some little boy that's looking at them trying to offer them sex. So women always have that type of power. They always wield that power because that's just what it is. Everything dudes do it's geared on getting women in some way, shape, or form. They control what men want most, most of the time, and that's sex. Now, here's the thing. We control what they want most. That's relationship, marriage, family, stability, protection. So we both have power. But what the internet does is that it preys. It's a very predator type of thing where it preys on the thirst of both. For instance, women, they don't want you. They want attention. And when you give them their likes and you slide in their DMs and oh, you're so oh, cool. They got they want nothing to do with you past this interaction. Believe me. Especially the you know, the the ones in the upper echelon of of what might be considered beauty. Okay. They want nothing to do with you after that. But here's what I'll here's what I'll say and I'll wrap this up because it's a lot to, to dig into. Um, I know a guy He's homeless. He has maybe four teeth and hasn't worked a job since the 70s. And he's telling me how this beautiful Indian model is in his inbox and how they're serious and they're a couple and they're in love. And I'm looking at him like, you're a fool. And he's like 57. And he's just sending her money and all this stuff. She's she's in Singapore or something. I've seen her. She's gorgeous. But I'm thinking, why would this gorgeous single Singaporean, is that the word? Singaporean woman <laughs> want with you all four of your teeth and your homelessness at age 64 years old. Like it just there, she's preying on his desperation and his loneliness and his thirst and the thought, the dream that he could possibly have a woman like this. So I'm saying all that to say is that it's very predatorial in nature. Uh, a lot of these women that get on here looking for attention and a lot of these dudes get on here looking for booty and somewhere if if the man's game's strong enough he'll get the booty without the without the commitment and if the woman's game is strong enough she'll get the money and the attention without giving up the booty tis the game so so i'm i'm glad you said that cuz that that segues the last couple minutes i wanted to spend on this topic right into the two examples i had here so 
Speaking of breaking the internet, right? Facebook recommends somebody who, I don't know, I guess in some realm we must have a mutual friend somewhere in this world. Otherwise, where'd the algorithm come from? I don't right. know. So I hit her up, and it started with a simple message. And at this point, I've mastered it. So it's like, yo. And it's nothing to do with anything of my real intentions. It's just, yo, what are you doing? Are you really from Roswell, New Mexico? Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Show interest where she's from. Uh, you know the game, right? And so what I'm trying to do is I know she's rando, and I'm a threat. I'm a predator automatically. We just You just talked about that. And so she's going to be on the defensive. And I'm on the defensive because I don't know who she is, but I've been down this road before. I do this all the freaking time. So I know she's going to come with the cash app tags and the grab money grabs. And sure enough, her first message to me was, are you messaging me because I my sugar daddy post? I know nothing about this girl. I didn't look at her posts. I know nothing. And I'm like, no, I'm just here to be your friend. I'm in sales. And I do this because truly that's my true intention. I'm in sales. I like to keep my knife sharp. I meet random people over the phone, over the internet, email, in person every day. I like to right. do that, right? And I like the perspective of people, and that's how I laid it out to her. She came at me with a money grab. She came at me with I'm struggling. She tried everything she could to hit me with the cash app tags, and I'm over here trying to break the internet, bro. I'm trying to turn this girl into just like a friend. We ain't got to sleep together. We don't got to do none of that. But let's stop the money grabs, and let's stop the pussy grabs, and let's just go for broke and let's just be friends. Let's meet up in real life and let's cut the crap, right? And I'm trying to break the internet here. I got so, 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 so close. Now, I because whether or not she met me in real life, which she did not, and I told you about this a week ago, I drove two hours down there just to see if she was about it, about it, and she wasn't, mm-hmm. okay? But I still won because I knew what she was going into it. And so whether or not she actually met me and I break the internet, or she is what I thought she was, I won either way. My point was proven. So that's story number one, right? Story number two is I can't even tell you what app I was on, but there's apps out there that speed things up faster than even Tinder can when it comes to what are you looking for? Let's get to business. Pretty direct apps out there when you're looking to connect with some people. So uh, I I broke the Internet again today. I would send you the chats, but there's things in there that our listeners don't even want you to see, Rob. A mom oh, wow. and a a mom and a daughter mm. have now ha, are now looking for uh yeah so we're just gonna stop there but oh, so that's wow. my point right the landscape of dating has changed the internet has allowed us to do so many things and I swear to God it is my quest to break the internet. Okay, well, I will support you in your cause of breaking the internet. The internet will be broken and it will be done. By K. <laughs> anyway, F. all right. And let's get let's yeah. get into the threes, right? Because that's what we came here for, right? So uh, we're gonna start with we're gonna start with uh, number one. This is gonna be a consolidated version of this because Rob and I already did this once in an elongated format here, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he doesn't want to do it the same way we did it last time. So I'm gonna start with number one. My number mm-hmm. one small forward of all time. I'm going to have to go with Larry Bird. Okay. Now, I don't, e- I, don't, I don't even think I have to speak on Larry, right? Like, we talk three back-to-back-to-back MVP awards. There was Magic. There was right. Larry. There was the NBA in 1979, and then there was the NBA in 1980. 
And right. Ma- Magic was my number one when it came to the point guard, so I, I, I see it fair to put Larry number one when it comes to the small forward position. So stats for days, I can go on and on. I mean, obviously he doesn't top the charts anymore in, in, in most of the important <laughs> stats because of guys like Ray Allen, Curry, and Miller. Uh, but in his heyday, in his time, he was unstoppable. He's another guy that would get in your head every second. Man. Larry Legend. What what more can we say? Trash talker supreme, three-point player, uh, three-point shooter supreme back in the day when you were only allowed to shoot one or two a game. He pioneered. I believe they instituted the three-point line for Larry Bird. Uh, not just for him, but uh, it definitely coincided at the right time. His first year in the league, the three-point line was introduced. And one more, one thing about Larry Bird is he was clutch. He would tell you what he was going to do. He would do it, and he would get offended when you put a white man on. Boy, and that's crazy. <laughs> he would literally be upset. So Larry Bird was cold. He was slow. He couldn't jump. He couldn't run. But he managed to do it with skill and intelligence, poise and leadership. The great Larry Bird. I'm going to go with my number one. Anybody who knows me knows that I am the biggest Dominique Wilkins fan of all time. Let me just give you a few stats real quick. Points on, per game. On. Okay. Before you do that, let me. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to clock out for six minutes, go to the bathroom while you do it. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Do your thing. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and do this then. Let me. I got six minutes to talk about nothing but Dominique Wilkins. Let me tell you the stats I'm going to bring up. His fourth year in the league, 24 points. Then 29 points a game. 26, 29, 28, 25, 26, 26. 30 on him, 29, 30 on him. Uh, wait, I was reading that backwards. Okay. Let me read it from the <laughs> the other way. 29, 21, 27, 30 on him, 29, 30, 26, 26, 25, 28, 29, 26, 29, 24. Okay, that makes a little more sense. The bottom line, point I'm trying to make, unstoppable bucket. Now, people say Dominique Wilkins, all he could do was dunk. He was a dunker. He was a dunker. I'm sorry, but you're not dunking in 30 points a game. You're not getting 30 <laughs> points a game of nothing but dunks. And if you are, I'm telling you, you are even greater than I thought you were. <laughs> you're not dunking in 20, uh, 29 points a game of pure dunks. He had a complete offensive game. I mean, the man could could shoot the mid-range. He improved his three-point as he, as his uh, career got on. He had the awesome put-back dunks. That's when you used to – when coaches used to tell us, follow your shot. That means you shoot it and you don't fade back and look pretty. No, you follow the shot. You attack the rim with ferocity. That's Dominique Wilkins for you. The great, great Dominique Wilkins. And he had a flat top. He was <laughs> had one of the curliest, juiciest flat tops of the 90s. The windmill dunk. He pioneered the windmill. He didn't like start up here at the chest with his. He brought it all the way down to the nuts. And that's the true windmill. Windmill it. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Lineups.com. Oh, okay. Right here. Lineups.com. Dominique Wilkins may be more known for his ferocious dunks mm. than his basketball skills. Facts. Facts. Ferocious. They put a Dominic- Jurassic Park term. 
Listen, <laughs> he attacked the rim like it owed him money. He attacked right. the rim like it raped his sister. He attacked the rim with such anger, disdain. Like, wow. <laughs> but anyway, I could go on and on about Dominic Wilkins. He's the great. All right. I'm going to read you some stats here because that's what I do. 16-year career, cemented himself among NBA's elite, nine all-star teams, scoring Mm. title in 1985, seven-time all-NBA team member. I bet you didn't even know that. Averaged how many points points a game do you think he averaged through his career? I'm going to let you guess since you're such a – Dominique, through his whole career? His whole career. uh, About 25.4. Bam, bro, 24.8. Nice job. I'll give it to you there. Despite his being a terrific scorer, Wilkins only stands at number 15 on this guy's list of small forwards. Wow. 15? 15. This guy's a – he he should go on a segment of – he's drinking the haterade, bro. He needs to go on a segment. He's drinking that. He's drinking the haterade. He got a six-pack in the fridge. He's drinking haterade zero. That's, That's incredible. Bro, but, you saying. know, people right. people can be stupid. All right, let's let's move along. You want me to go or you want to go? Uh, well, let me just say your pick. Uh, my opinion on your pick, though, when growing up, there was only one guy that I knew could dunk as well as Jordan. With you know, obviously, growing up, that was the guy that won all the dunk competitions when I was five fucking years old. It was Mike, right? And so there was only one dude that could dunk like Jordan or out dunk Jordan. And it was True. Neek. It was Neek. True. If he was known for anything, these kids aren't going to know what you know, but they're going to know that he was one of the most ferocious dunkers of all time. Yeah. And I think that's right. sad that, that he gets regulated to that box. So that's why we're here to tell him what it, it really is. But the man could dunk. We can't take that away from him. Right. Want to go next? 2K uh, pumped up his uh, mid-range shot. Quite a bit, but yeah, I'll go next. Uh, Thank you. I'm a, I'm, uh, 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 I'm a super hater, and so I'm not gonna pick LeBron James ever on my list. But I'm gonna go number two with Kevin Durant, one of the smoothest scorers of all time. Uh, He's an assist machine. He's a rebound machine. These kids know all about KD. I don't even have to go on. These stats speak for themselves. He's He should have more championships than he does. He's not the best closer, but he's a guy that I want on my squad. And I really feel like Phoenix stands a shot this year. I don't think they're going to win, but I think KD makes an impact everywhere he goes. And if I'm a GM, I'm going to build my team around that guy. Yeah, Kevin Durant, a very efficient scorer. He's tall. He's uh, skilled. Um he just shoots over you. He's pretty much unguardable. That word gets thrown around a lot. But he literally is unguardable. Uh, you just got to hope, hope he misses. The knock on him is that he's pretty soft and sensitive. They call him the Masoked, the most soft of all time. I've, I've heard him <laughs> refer to that. But, uh, yeah, the thing about him is he just uh, – something about him. Rose me the wrong way from a personality standpoint. He's always clapping back to some random. Uh, he's always clapping back at the peanut gallery online. People that have no, you know, just idiots say anything. He's been 
found with a burner account going undercover to respond to people. So he's just a weirdo. He's just a freaking weirdo, this Kevin Durant guy. But he can ball. He's all business when he's on that court. And that's why he is definitely one of the greats of all time. Man, I'm going to buy you some haterade, bro. Every pick I make, you hate. All right, go ahead. Number two. Nah, go nah, ahead. Nah. Go, 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 go ahead. Go I, I favor the old school, so I'm going to go back to the old school. We're going to give this man his just due. This is a curveball that no one has seen coming, but I'm going to tell you why. I told you Dominic Brooklyn has a flat top. This man had probably the coldest white boy flat top of all time. Name is Chris ah, Mullen. Now, if you ever seen, if you ever seen Power, this is Tommy from Power in the NBA. I mean, the man was from New York. He talked like he's from New York. He was a lefty, and just like Tommy in Power, he was a shooter. I mean, look, Chris Mullen. I'm trying to tell you, he over his career, 50% shooter, 38% from three. 18.8 points a game. Now, don't let that fool you because there were some times uh, in his career where he was averaging a good 25 points a game for some seasons. Hooked up with uh, Tim Hardaway and Mitch Frischman to form Run TMC, one of the coldest names for a, 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 a triple threat in the NBA as far as three teammates. I mean, Chris Mullen was dope. Finished his career uh, – the latter part in Indiana got them to a championship appearance. Didn't win. I mean, they went against the Lakers. Larry Bird was the coach, but man, Chris Mullen, New York swag. He was on the dream team for a reason. I was like, why is Chris Mullen on the dream team? And then I did my research and I said, oh, and I watched the highlights. Had game. Chris Mullen, the white flat top wearing assassin. The white yeah. Jesus. Bro, that brings, up, that brings up so many emotions, bro, because just yeah. like you just you just fucking nailed it. Growing up as a kid, to me, you know, like when I'm six, seven, eight years old, it's Mike, it's Barkley, it's Malone, it's Stockton, it's Ewing, it's the big guys in the limelight. And I was kind of like, who the fuck is this Mullen kid with the flat top looking like fucking kid from play? From kid play. Right. What, uh, who? 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 Yeah. Yeah. Who? Right? But the, as I got older... You know, even as a kid, I learned without the internet available to us. I quickly learned who this guy was from watching those Olympics that year. Chris yeah. Mullen was a beast, man. Now that I'm older and I've learned so much more about his game over the last 25 years, the last 10 years, I listened to this guy speak, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this motherfucker is hood. He's super he's, hood. This is, this is like a, a, a Bronx motherfucker. Like, he's straight, straight from the Bronx. I think he is from the Bronx. Right, like he is like straight. Uh, what's up, Dunn? What's up, Dunn? He's that yeah. puffy coat wearing guy, right? Like, oh man, yeah. I was so proud of Chris Mullen. Same. Like, in, in the later years of my life, I'm like, I'm proud of this guy because he that was not a point in the NBA where right. he where he mattered, but he made himself matter. Like he, he fucking made himself matter. So, hey, the ball don't lie. The, the ball, ball don't ball. lie, bro. Ball don't lie, man. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go number three, and I'm gonna go uh, a chart topper again, and I'm gonna go Scotty Pip, just cause, <laughs> just cause this cat's probably gonna be on my final squad, and because I like to build my squads a little bit of three and D, and a little bit of scoring, a little bit of inside game. Uh, if there's anybody that that's gonna lock down your number one guy, 
it's going to be Scottie Pippen. And yeah. so people give him a lot of credit, give uh, him a lot of credit for Jordan's success, and so do I, right? Now, would Jordan still be Jordan without Pippen? Yeah, I still think so. Would he be as good? Maybe not. That's up for debate. But I think his legacy speaks for itself. We can go on and on again about stats. We don't have much time here, so Pippen's my number three, man. Yup. A uh, quick thing about Pippen is that he had the the arm length, the foot speed, and the desire to play defense. And that that right there just made him a nightmare. He locked up Magic Johnson in the the first finals they had. Uh, picked him up half court and was really the reason why the Bulls won. So yeah, if he's hey. on my team, I don't care if he even scores. 10 points a game. I don't care. Score six and have six right. steals. That's all I care about. Yep. Uh, right. Big Scottie three, fan. I'm going to go with Julius the Dr. Irving. Mm-hmm. Um, I like players that uh, look like pimps. And Julius the Dr. <laughs> Irving looked like a very sophisticated pimp out there. He had the biggest fro. It was just it would just flow in the air as he glided to the basket. The man who pioneered the free throw dunk, the first quote-unquote Michael Jordan type of guy, uh, carried the ABA. He was averaging 30-plus and 20 rebounds in the ABA, came to the NBA later, and led the Philadelphia 76ers to a championship in 1983 with Moses Malone. All-time great class act. Nothing bad to say about him. Stayed out off, uh, stayed out of trouble off the court and on the court, except for the the time he punched Larry Bird in the face. To Google it. Other than that, nothing wrong to say about it. Doctor J and a great ambassador of the game. Right. I mean, you gotta love the guy, right? I mean, right. we talked about this the first rendition of this episode, but everybody gives Mike the, the uh, with the with the due credit of, of making that dunk from the free throw line. But any true basketball historian knows who the first guy to launch himself from the free throw line was. And it right. was Dr. J, right? Like, he's the first one, man. He was the high flyer. He was the original high flyer. He's the guy that Mike kind of modeled his air game after, really. I mean, he was the idol for, for Mike in that in that portion of his game. He was multi-talented, but you know, listen to me, right? Anyway, uh, this is about Dr. J, not Mike. So, But uh, Julius was, was great. His afro was great. He's uh, obviously one of – the highlights of the ABA and the NBA combined, and there aren't many players that can say that they were all-stars in both. In fact, I think he might be the only one that can say that. Right. That's true. Killing. Um, and one more quick tidbit of information I just found out yesterday. Do you know who else took off from the free throw line in the dunk contest that no one knows about? Before him, after him, or between? Uh, right at before, right after him, around the time between, Jordan was doing it. Between him and Mike. Yeah. Uh. Okay, Hembo, you trying to test me here? What is this? Sports nah. Center? <laughs> you won't get it, but I'm gonna I'm give it to you. You. Go ahead. Go ahead. Scotty Pippen. What? You're kidding. Yeah. You lost sound. You got so excited. I can't hear you. <laughs> Scotty Pippen, look it up. It's on the internet. The dunk contest. He actually takes off behind the free throw line. So it's a legit free throw line dunk. It's kind of easy to believe. He's got arms uh, as long as, you know, 
Dr. Dre's paper. But he's just so yeah, it's it's one of them things where he he did that. Okay, let's keep it moving. What else? Uh you can hear, uh, you can hear I can me. hear you now. You're back. You're back. Okay. I know that shocked you out of out of the out of sound, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of this universe, bro. Shit. On the playback, you're gonna hear it. You're gonna be like, "What?" It was like, it's like "What happened?" Silence. I teleported. Uh, man. I teleported. <laughs> you teleported. <laughs> you teleported to the dunk contest. But anyway, um, I'm gonna go with uh my main man. Grant Hill from Duke. Um, this this is one of those guys who, before the injuries, they were touting to be the next Michael Jordan. Um, I didn't grow up liking Grant Hill. I thought he was kind of soft. He went to Duke. He was a nice guy. He was a gentleman. He never did anything wrong or anything bad. And I don't mean in like a cool Dr. J way. I meant in like a, uh, he's corny. He's just so safe. But then, like we said before, the ball don't lie, the stats don't lie, right. the game don't lie, the film doesn't lie. He had the quickest first step of any small forward I've ever seen. He was a walking triple-double threat. Uh, I know these days triple-doubles are, oh, yeah, you, you literally can be like Ice Cube and wake up and have a triple-double. But back then, it was a little more hard to do. He was the template for the person, uh, the player that can go out there and do it all <laughs> defensively, offensively. Uh, wrapped up his career uh, being an effective uh, role player on several teams. Grant Hill, yeah, one of his the could have been a actually, His career yeah. went a lot longer and stayed efficient for yeah. a lot longer than even I, as a huge Grant Hill fan, yeah. ever thought it would, man. I think he played what? I mean, I'm not looking at numbers here, but I think he played at least 15 years. Yeah, and he I definitely like did. Numbers, I think he went into like 19 like, or 20. Yeah. Right. But I feel like his numbers through the first 14 or 15 years, I mean, of course, they deteriorate, but I feel like they held pretty strong considering yeah. he was 15 years into the league and the, and the game had changed so much. He got he came into the league when it was, you know, one version of itself and went through a transition period and stayed in the league when it became right. a different version of itself and maintained a reasonable, respectable stat line throughout yeah. those 15 or 20 years. And listen, growing up, uh, you know, the first 10 and a half years of my life, I'll admit, I saw basketball. I was a basketball fan in one fashion because I grew up in, you know, fucking Farmville. There's fucking white mm -hmm. people everywhere. And so I yeah. appreciated it from like Larry Bird's perspective and the Larry Bird fan perspective. And then when I got to the hood, when I got to fucking Midway at 10 and a half years old, a couple years later, two, three, four years later, all of a sudden I was respecting the game from a different side. Right. And so yeah. uh, I'm looking at, at Grant Hill one way growing up and I respected his game just based on what the media was telling me, what the print was telling me, what the hype was telling me. I think most people from the hood growing up, most basketball fans didn't respect Grant Hill when he came out right. and he, be right. he became, he became a respectable player later in his career. And for me, it was opposite, right? Like I respected him off the bat because of how I viewed the game. And I just followed whatever the media said. I wasn't, I guess a true fan as a child, right? And then, 
And mm-hmm. as I as I got older, uh, I respected him in a different way. It's, I didn't like not respect him anymore. It's just I re- I learned to respect him in a different way. So uh, yeah. Grant Hill was one of my favorite players. But anyway, so that was number four for you, right? Yeah, I believe so. All right, number four. I'm gonna hurry up and speed this up. I'm gonna throw you off right here, and I'm gonna go with Chris Mullen Jr. Do you know who that is? <laughs> uh, no. I am going to go with one of my all-time favorite players, Dan Marley. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. I see. <laughs> As a kid, right? Yeah. Like, you, you know, yeah. like, I'm the white boy. So I always had to respect the Jason Williams and the Chris Mullins and the Dan Marleys. It was just part of my upbringing in the sport, right? And so – uh, but when as as a fan now, right? Like, and again, we relate a lot of our picks to like 2K. He's just one of the smoothest guys. Just like I said about Mark Price, he's one of the smoothest shooters. He had that perimeter right. defense. He could unsurprisingly drive to the hoop. He could dunk. He's one of the few dudes with white skin in the NBA that could dunk the ball and would right, dunk the right. ball on the biggest guy yeah. on the team. He had no fear, man. And that's yeah. one of the things I respect about no matter who you are, no matter what your skin color, it doesn't matter, bro. It's If you're yeah. a dog and you have no fear, you could be Spud Webb had no fear. Yeah. Thunder right. Dan Marley. Right. Man, let me tell you about Thunder Dan real quick. I seen at at a game where Thunder Dan sat down. This is after he retired. He had to be like 54. And he's sitting half court, sitting. And they give him a ball and he throws it backwards at half court and makes it all net. I said, (laughs) the first try. Like the first try. It wasn't even like he had to struggle. He just sat down in a suit. He had on a a three-piece Armani suit, sat down, grabbed the ball, sitting down in a chair, threw it backwards from half court. And switched it on that. I said, this guy. It reminded me of just who Thunder Dan really was. The dunk on you. I always thought he was a two-guard, but I forgot he did switch to that three when Richard Dumas came in the lineup for the Suns. And when he played for the Heat later in his career, Thunder Dan Marley, he wasn't afraid. Uh, he definitely, Mullen Jr., He would. he's the first guy I see launch that sucker from half court in the game. That Steph Curry range that you see. Thunder Dan was letting them fly with no regard and bombing them too. Like no fear, no No fear fear. whatsoever. Thunder Dan, you don't get the name Thunder Dan if you ain't thundering on them. Listen, and he played on one of my favorite all time, the 1994 Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Charles Barkley led Phoenix Suns, bro. Yes, indeed. (laughs) It's just I don't know why. But it's one of my favorite teams of all time. And guess what? It's the only team that's never included in the legendary teams on 2K. Ever. Like, ever. Jeez. Ever. Well, like, you just I can't. think that I think because Barkley refuses to sign the, the rights to his yeah. image to so it's like, why would they yeah. put that team on there without Bro, Barkley? I am so mad that two of my favorite players of all time, him and Reggie, will not right. Sign the contract, bro. I'm hey. <laughs> I gotta download user created rosters just to right. get me some Charles and some Reggie, bro. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Nah, this, hey, Dude, you, you know how to you know how to pick them, man. You know how to pick your favorites, man. Bro. But uh, let me go with uh, 
my last pick. Since you did Chris Mullen Jr., I'll do Chris Mullen Sr. Sr. and go with the main man, Rick Barry, the jerk of the NBA. I love him to death. He's such a jerk. People don't like him. I don't know why. He seems real likable to me. But then if you listen to him, you can kind of tell this guy's probably a jerk. But he got buckets, and that's all that mattered. He won a championship in his career. Uh, he's the only player, and he will remain the only player to have lead or led, excuse me, the NBA, the NCAA, and the ABA in scoring. Um, I'll tell the story I told on the on the episode that disappeared into thin air. Speaking of disappearing, it ties into the story. Um, they said uh, in Jason Williams, no, was it Daryl Dawkins? One of these guys' books. They said that. He was on the team with Rick Barry, and they brought in uh, some guru, uh, Tony Robbins or somebody like that, for motivation to build king team chemistry. And they said, what the guy did, he said, now what I want you guys to do is everybody stand in a circle and close your eyes and imagine everything that's going wrong with your life. Imagine putting it into a big bag and dropping it in the ocean. Now open your eyes and you will feel much better. And everybody opened their eyes and then some people felt relief. And one of the teammates goes up to Rick Barry and says, says, why are you still here? And Rick Barry says, what? He goes, yeah, I just threw you in the ocean. Why are you still here? Well, the moral of the story is (laughs) all of his problems were Rick Barry. And uh, he wasn't the only one. So I love it. Uh, I love Rick Barry. I love the jerkness in him. And, uh, yeah, I, I love pimps, jerks, and flat tops. What can I say? Man, that is, I, I've never seen one, brother. Yeah. How many kids he got in the NBA now? He got Man. Uh, uh, John. He got uh, – <laughs> who else got, is uh, tr- He's got Brent. Brent he's got Barry, Drew. Drew he's Barry, got John Drew. <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Halle Berry, Knott's <laughs> Berry Farm. I mean, he was out there getting it. <laughs> He's getting it, bro. Barry Bonds. I mean, he's just, he was out there. Uh, going crazy. Oh, motherfucking Barry. RMFB. Oh, my yeah. God. Hey, listen, bro. Again, listeners, this is no by no means a top five of all time list here, right. but – these are just the guys that we grew up loving. And like we said on episode one, you're going to find a lot of history on this show. And that's what we aim to deliver here. So these picks are going to be out of left field. But part of what we're doing here is trying to build our final team. And there's a secret to our madness that you guys don't quite understand. Uh, we have to pick one of each of these five players from each of these six categories to go into our final all-time team and so there's a method to our madness here and some of it's just to inform you of the past speaking of the past let's go back to the 1980s to one of the greatest unknown scorers of all time this man right here must have several scoring titles to his liking adrian dantley averaged better than 20 points per game 13 times in his career including Mm. four straight seasons of at least 30 points per game 17 Mm. year career two-time scoring champ six-time all-star 
All-NBA team twice as a rookie in 1976. Dantley posted 20.3 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 1-point steals per game in one rookie of the year. So uh, I think he's one of the major impacts of the 80s that just never got his just dues, man. I'm huge on this dude, and he just never got the credit he deserved. And yeah. I know you probably got a lot to say about this guy. I do, I do, and I know we're we're getting long on time, but I'll I'll say it like this: I love, you know, there's a lot of walking buckets, but this guy was truly a walking bucket. He was a six-five small forward, and that's that's small for even a shooting guard sometimes. But he was out there just so crafty with his moves. I think it was AC Green in his book. He said when he played Adrian Dantley, he remembers getting faked. And jumping way up in the and the rafters, looking down at him, and Adrian is still on his feet, driving to the basket. Like that's just how crafty this guy was. He would have a championship, perhaps, but Isaiah Thomas got him traded for his best friend Mark Aguirre. To this day, Adrian Dantley does not like uh, and hates and despises <laughs> Isaiah Thomas for that. They have a right. nice beef, but but hey. You can't take away from any. Yep, it cost him two titles. And here's the thing: but you can't take away from Adrian Dantley because he was a bucket everywhere he went. It was points on points on points, and this isn't even with three pointers. He was just getting twos, just twoing you to death at six five small four. Adrian Dantley, one of the goats. You talk about two K ratings. This guy was an A plus. 95 driving layup, 92 dunk. Like, he's that guy that's going to take it to the hole every time. So, uh, we're at that 42-minute mark. That's kind of where we've landed about each episode. We were going to do a playoff preview, but I think we're going to hit you with that on the next episode when we do the fours. Uh, So, this is KMFN, and that's Rob CQ. And we out. We out.